Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome to the John Katz Show. I'm your host, John Katz. Uh, just a quick little Sunday night episode for everybody. I hope everybody had an amazing weekend. Uh, thank you so much for listening and watching and tuning in and all that. And um, speaking of, uh, I reached out online and asked if anybody had any listener topics, suggestions, questions, anything like that. And I got a few back. By the way, guys, don't be shy. Don't be shy. Listen, hit me up if y'all need advice. I don't take good advice. I don't even take my own advice, but uh, I'm good at giving advice. So, you know, use a fake name, whatever. You got a question about your relationship. You got a topic you want me to talk about. John Cat Show, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Show at gmail.com, whatever. Hit me up. I got a few. Okay. The first topic that I thought was actually interesting because nobody talks about it. I'm kind of scared to talk about it. I think no one talks about this one for a reason, but we'll get into it. Okay, my man said talk about Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein, y'all know the billionaire. He was arrested last year. He had the island where they had the the underage hookers and, and every famous person in the world has apparently been there to this island and been involved in some of this from actors to politicians to presidents to royal family members, and it implicated a lot of people. Long story short, he ended up killing himself in jail, is the story. Um, I'm not into conspiracy theories. I'm not like a big conspiracy theory guy. Like I said, I, I need empirical evidence on something. If I'm going to go against what seems to just be the logical, normal, normal sequence of events, I'm going to need evidence, this doesn't even really seem like a conspiracy theory. This guy managed to kill himself. I'm sure y'all are familiar. I'm not going to go through the whole forensics of the story. I think most people are familiar with the Jeffrey Epstein story. If you're not, Google it and you'll see what happened. But, uh, you know, the cops were, the excuse me, the guards were apparently both asleep when this happened. And he had been on suicide watch before, but they took him off suicide watch. And the, the two guards were asleep. And then apparently the cameras also malfunctioned. So nobody saw anything on camera. You'd need like 50 different things to happen for this guy to. And on top of which you go, well, who else would have killed him? That would nor in a normal case, it'd be absurd. Well, what somebody came in and black suits and, you know, but the most powerful people in the world apparently would have wanted this guy gone. Scary, scary. I thought maybe, and I saw stuff online. They showed pictures like, um, him being taken out on a stretcher from the jail cell after he hung himself from a bed sheet from his from his bed. And they they put it next to a known picture of him, like the profile where you could see the side of his face and you can compare like his ear pattern and everything and his nose. I mean, I don't know if what I saw was doctored, but that was not the same nose and ear at all. So maybe he's still alive. I don't know. Could they have snuck him out of there and just like whack some old gray haired homeless guy to replace him with or took some body from the morgue like any elderly, like give me a recent heart attack victim from the morgue with some gray hair. I don't know. I'm making shit up. It's a very, very interesting story. And uh, it leads me into a whole lot of other stuff. I want to rant. I don't know if I want to rant about this. I'm going back and forth, man. These are you get into like underage sex and all that. It's a 
touchy subject. Pardon the pun. That is a that is a touchy subject. Um, anyway, they've since then they arrested his madam Gislaine uh, Max. What's her name? Gislaine something. Gislaine Maxwell, I think. If I butchered that, sorry. Um, so that'll be interesting. She's supposed to go to trial. Man, if you're her, people are thinking she's going to name all these people. Would you? I mean, what are they charging her with, right? She was his madam or whatever. I would think if you're her, you're going to go to like, you know, not some max security. You're going to go to some cushy place. I'd probably take the 10 years in prison or whatever. Give them some low level names. Maybe Uh, I don't think this girl's going to fuck around. You'd you'd be crazy. What are you going to do? Name the most powerful people in the world? It's a death sentence, right? I mean, I'm not saying powerful people have people killed. If I was in her position, though, before she starts ratting out uh, all these (laughs) world leaders and politicians and stuff, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if we get some really juicy names out of like, you know, so-and-so had sex with a 15-year-old on Epstein Island. And so I'd be surprised. People think this is all going to come out. I'd be very surprised if that comes out. But it could blow up a lot of people's lives, man. Blow up a lot of people's lives. That'll be a very interesting story. But I wanted to get to something. This is something that has been annoying me for a while. You know, I get on the left a lot on this show, or I have, I think, for sensationalizing things and, uh, you know, talking about conspiracy theories and getting into all these weird areas in relation to, you know, whether it be the virus or some of the protesting and some of the narratives that we see, right? And I'm going to get into that later, by the way. But for now, something I've been seeing from the right, and it started like, I don't know, a year ago, a few months ago. It's gotten way, way worse. So I got to talk about this. The child sex trafficking narrative, right? Guys, look, you cannot go on Twitter right now, excuse me, or Facebook and not see somebody from the right posting something about Save the Children from the child sex trafficking. So I have to address this. Guys, if you're going to if you're going to tweet about something all day, okay? And you're going to make memes about it and you're going to make it the number one issue, whether that's racism, whether that's the coronavirus or whether that's child sex trafficking, just do a little research, right? Just do a little homework. You know, there are forces on both sides. And there have been for a long time. And I, I don't want to start naming naming the people and the entities. I'm not into that. I'm not even tapped into that, that old social media world. But if you were on Twitter in 2015, 2016, there are specific people on the right that also use PSYOPs on both sides. Obviously, it's nonstop PSY. And I'm not talking about other countries. But they create certain narratives and they want people to think that these issues exist that may not necessarily exist, certainly not in this country. I want to point out something else real quick. And this is something I've talked about for a long time. I go on a lot of tangents. I'm going to come right back to this exact point I was making. Excuse me. There is a difference. And guys, please, I am not advocating for anybody having any kind of sexual relation with a minor. If you were on Epstein Island and you had sex with a 15-year-old hooker, you should be going to prison for that. That is against the law. It's immoral and unethical. 
in modern society is no question about it. Okay. But biologically speaking, there is a huge, huge distinction between having sex with what we call a minor, meaning a 16-year-old developed biological woman who's a minor in America, and having sex with a six-year-old. In other words, no one's attracted to a 16-year-old and a six-year-old. Being attracted to prepubescent children, that's real pedophilia, okay? Those people belong nowhere in society, period. Okay, I'm not, again, I'm advocating for none of this. I'm simply trying to educate people and make some distinctions here. So that when we talk, because if there are real problems, and the real problems are usually bad enough. So we should address those problems, but we lose credibility. Everyone loses so much credibility when they take a a problem that's in and of itself a horrible issue, and then they twist it into all these things and they conflate all these things. So look, they're real pedophilia, children, children, is a very rare thing. And nobody puts up with that shit. Other than the Catholic Church, right? Or whatever. In this country, you, you'd help your best friend hide a body <clears throat> before you would cover up for them touching a child, okay? That's not acceptable among anyone. The idea that among hundreds and thousands of celebrities and politicians and all these people that were banging underage hookers, apparently, supposedly. And by the way, everybody, <laughs> I'm so many tangents. Look at R. Kelly and all these stories that come out. You think R. Kelly... What percentage, this is an honest question for you guys, because I I thought about what percentage of musicians in the 80s and 90s, rock and roll, country, hip hop, you name it, any genre, any race, forget R. Kelly. What percentage of those people in their 20s do you think might have had sex with a high school girl who was under 18? I mean, R. Kelly took it to this crazy level. He had a whole harem and he was filming them and everything else. I'm getting way off track. My point being, that's common, okay? Because biologically, if you see a woman you're attracted to, just in life, I'm not talking about underage. If you just you see a woman and you're aroused by a woman, that's your brain and your psyche telling you she would be a good candidate to reproduce. I want to impregnate her, right? And from the beginning of time up until very recently, the top candidates to marry and impregnate were like 15 or whatever when they became fertile and they were considered women, not girls, but women. And you only lived to be like 30 or whatever. So, you, you know, you had to start soon. And I get it. There's no place for that in modern society. We've built a structure now for a long time where if you're a teenager, you're now considered a minor. You live at home. You're not mentally, excuse me, you're not mentally developed. Enough. There are a million reasons why a teenager in modern society should not be involved in a relationship with an adult. Okay. I'm not talking about 19 and 17 or whatever. You go to high school together, you're 18 and 16, whatever, whatever, whatever. But real pedophilia. Okay. So what the, the right's been going crazy, crazy, crazy with this child sex trafficking thing. And they, they're always posting these stats and they go, look, 800,000 kids. 800,000 kids go missing every year. 800,000 kids go missing every year. And, and, and they, they do Epstein hashtags with it. And they do Weinstein hashtag. Wasn't Weinstein like flashing himself to grown women? Why are we lumping all the sexual predators in together? 
why don't we ever address real problems? Okay, but they make it like it's the biggest issue going on. So you go, wow, 800,000 kids, that's insane. But have you guys ever researched this? Okay, of the 800,000 that are reported missing every year, almost all runaways, okay, 200,000 of those are family members. Non-custodial means when a like a, a if you if you hear the term non-custodial, it means when a biological parent takes a child, but they don't have the custodial rights to that child. And that happens all the time. The mother could have the, the rights to the child and the father takes the child and takes off with them. That happens every day. It happens all the time. And those are all reported as kidnapping cases, as they should be. It's a crime. They take them from foster families that they shouldn't. Etc. An uncle takes them, a grandparent takes them, whatever. That goes on thousands of times a day. Of the 800,000 missing children, 115 are what you would consider a stereotypical kidnapping, meaning a stranger takes a child. 115. That's 0.0001%. Of kidnapping cases are actual children being taken by a stranger. Zero, 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 zero percent. By the way, this is from bjs.gov. All right, don't quote me. Bureau of Justice Statistics. I keep seeing this story the last couple of days of Georgia and how they found 30 children in Georgia. They freed 30 sex trafficked children. Save our children. Save our children. Save our children. You guys looked into the case in Georgia. Those were all, first of all, it was over a three-week period that they went and they retrieved these people. And of all the charges that were made in that case, there were two kidnapping charges filed and they were both parental kidnapping charges and they were all runaway teens non-custodial cases. And by the way, that's a real problem. Teenagers running away from bad homes to go be hookers. Excuse me, that's a bad problem. Let's get involved. Get involved in the foster care system. Get some of these kids into your stable home. You're stable. Go back and watch a couple episodes ago. Kara Brook, loveisneverwasted.org. Hit up that website. You guys want to get involved, help out with the real problem that's going on. But to give this impression that people are rolling up in vans and throwing kids in the van, where are the parents? Wouldn't the parents be on TV every day going, hey, my my seven-year-old's missing. By the way, when that happens, it's a huge story. It's why we still talk about Elizabeth Smart decades later. It's why it, it ends up on Dateline and Primetime and 60 Minutes when an actual child gets taken from like a family. And like thrown in a, it's such a big story. Not, you know, drug addict dad takes 15 year old out of foster home and she ends up giving hand jobs out on the, that's not child sex trafficking. That's a neglected teenager who was abused. And if you want to get involved in the families abusing and neglecting their children, you know, cause, Get involved in adoption and foster care and all these other things. But to get online with these memes every day with the Bill Gates and his sex tunnels and all this kind of stuff. By the way, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I apologize. But man, 
I spend too much time on Facebook and Twitter, and I am seeing really intelligent people posting this stuff. And I would just urge people, like I always urge people, do your homework on that, man. 99.999% of kidnappings are not what you consider a traditional kidnapping like you see in a movie. These are family members, relatives, runaways, and it is a problem. So let's address that problem instead of creating a fake problem that doesn't exist and then putting it into some political twist. Like, man, we're, why, why do that on both sides? Like 2020 is the year where the left labeled everybody a racist and the right labeled everybody a pedophile. I don't know what the hell's going on, man, but can people just be logical and pragmatic and all that stuff? And look, this is a topic I'd hate to be wrong on. So guys, if you got evidence or you got parents and you got people that, you know, their children are really disappearing and it's not a case of some teenager running away from home or be just being in a bad family situation and non-custodial situation where they're living with a grandparent or an uncle or something that they're not supposed to be living with. And they're doing the wrong thing. If it's not that and I'm wrong, tell me, man, I'm, I'm open to anything. If you're hearing this and you're going, man, you're wrong. They are trafficking our kids or whatever. Show me. Show me where it's happening. Show me the families that are missing these children. I'm happy to look at evidence on anything. But let's just not conflate everything and take 10 different things and understand what the legal term kidnapping means. Okay. And then. Just because something goes in a statistic as kidnapping, it doesn't mean that some baby's being taken for the sex traffic trade. That is a whole different thing, and that is so, 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 so rare. And we can't, on either side, we can't start taking anomalies and anecdotal evidence of things and then just apply them across the board and plaster them all over the screen and make it like it's the norm. It's stupid and we lose credibility and if you're going to use all that energy on a cause use it on a uh, on a valuable cause there's so much domestic policy debates we should be having and foreign policy debates we should be having and our tax system and our healthcare system and a million other things we could be talking about and it, it and it's sure as shit is not sex babies and and racism i'm sorry that brings me to my second rant We should be helping people in their real lives doing stuff that actually tangibly helps people, not just rile people up and divide them and separate them. That's crazy. Okay, moving on to topic number two. Uh, This is a big story. It's in the news. People want to talk about Jacob Blake, the man that was shot in the back by the cop when he was going into his car. Uh, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, recently, and there, and and, not, and subsequently in Kenosha now is the most recent spot where there's been a lot of protests and violence. And then there was that other shooting where the guy showed up with like the militia, um, and they were walking around with guns. And uh, he was, I think, seventeen year old kid, and they start chasing him and shooting at him, and he ends up killing a couple of them. I think he's charged with murder now. So there's been a lot of violence surrounding that, and a lot of you know, if you turn, this is one. If you turn on the TV right now, if, if, if I promise you right now, I don't even know what time it is, but this has been the case for the last week. If I turn on any of the major news networks right now, I promise you, 
they're talking about Jacob Blake or the other kid that shot people or they're talking about racism. I promise you. And then we have an election coming up in three months. And there's so many issues affecting so many people's lives. This is, this is supposed to be the, the be-all, end-all, the, 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 the racist debate. So here's my question. Here's what, here's what I'm having a tough time with, and I need you guys to help me out. This is what I'm not understanding, and this is what I've tried to ask a lot of people, and I'm hoping somebody can give me a good answer on this, please. All these protests we're seeing, Kenosha, the most recent example, but obviously there's dozens of examples this year. The strikes, the NBA is on strike, all the celebrities speaking out, all the athletes speaking out, everybody asking for, this is a real question for all of you, please, for everyone asking for equality, for justice, to feel equal. I, I don't want anyone to feel that way. I don't want my friends to feel that way. I don't want my family members to feel that way. And I know that there are people in this country who do feel that they are not equal and that it's not a just system. And so what I'm asking you is, with all of these protests and all of these strikes, and you saying that that's what you want, the equality, you you now have my attention, you have our attention, you have all of our attention. What is the request? What do you want us to do? What do you want us to do as a citizenry? What do you want our government to do? Is there a policy that needs to be changed? Is there a law that needs... And by the way, I've asked this of many people. I've, I've gotten a couple answers. The chokehold law people bring up. I don't know if chokeholds are a racial divide. The idea that, that police are encountering black people more often is, is a separate discussion. But the chokehold itself... By the way, the type of chokehold police... You, I don't want to get into so many tangents, but they should be learning... Correct chokehold, modern choke, what we know from jujitsu, the harmless chokehold, the one that just cuts off the blood supply for a minute, you go to sleep real nice and easy. The one that fighters do when they're in the cage and they want to give up and they don't want to be hurt and they want the most humane way out of the fight and they just give up their back so they can nod off for a minute. If you're trained correctly and you actually let that thing go, in any case, that's enough. <laughs> that's a separate conversation. But I've heard the chokehold one. Okay, that's a real thing. We could debate chokeholds. I've heard crack laws. My friend brought that up, that we charge more strictly for uh, rock crack cocaine than we do or that we sentence more severely and so forth uh, for rock crack cocaine than we do powder cocaine. Uh, And by the way, I've said on the show, I think all narcotics should be decriminalized. So, you know, me personally... I don't even think any crack user or cocaine user should be in a prison. They should perhaps be in recovery, but not in a prison cell, maybe somewhere where they can actually go through real recovery. It's worked for some people. If y'all saw my interview with Lilo Roncado a few days ago, he managed to get clean in prison, but I, I don't think that's necessarily, I don't think the the prison system, especially not that type of prison that we've now evolved into. I don't think that was initially set up for like substance abuse and things like that. But okay, that's a real, that's a real law. But I don't know if necessarily you could say that maybe it was created for racial 
reasons because more black people were more likely to use that form of cocaine and so forth. Okay. But for the 99.99999% of the black citizenry in this country who's not having a chokehold applied on them and who's not using crack cocaine and you don't feel equal, what can we do? I am asking this honestly. You know, there's never been a protest in history without a request or a demand, not a, not a fruitful one. Because then what's the point? Are you, are you protesting just for the, pro, the point of the protest? Just to create the divide? Is it a self-fulfilling prophecy? You know, people, people do that. It's like if you went, hey, there's so much racial disharmony in this country right now. If you said that a year ago, people would be like, huh? I, I don't really see it. I don't know any racists. You know, I, I don't really see the disharmony you're talking about. And then they went, well, wait a minute. And then you all pour into the streets and protest, and riot, and burn things. It's like, now look at the disharmony. See what? I, but you made that happen. That's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I didn't see disharmony a year ago, racial. I didn't hear people bringing this up five years ago, 10 years ago. And aren't we better today? Every, every kid in school is like, they go to school now with Asians and blacks and Latinos and transgenders and everything else. Like nobody even blinks an eye at race anymore until everyone poured in the streets and said, you're all racist. Look, all that aside, if people don't feel equal, and there really are reasons for people not having access to things in certain areas. I'd love to get into those conversations. I'd love, love, love if people were having those conversations about why, for example, a certain area, which may be predominantly black, actually does lack certain access to certain things. But is that something you can protest away and if you're going to protest and you're going to, the NBA went on strike. The NBA, and I watched the guys be interviewed. I watched Chris Weber go on a bunch of shows and Kenny Smith go on a bunch of shows. And people were talking about equality, equality, justice, justice. And I was just waiting for someone to say, what are you asking us to do? It's frustrating to be presented with a problem that A, you don't feel you're a part of, but B, no one's giving you an out. No one's giving you a solution. Anyone that's ever gone on strike had a demand or a request. You go on strike because we want these better wages, or we go on strike because we want this better health care program. But if they just went on strike and said, we want equality, you go, great, we're giving you equality. Tell us, tell us what you're not equal in. They go, well, we don't have this. What law do you want us to change? What rule do you, do you want us to change? What are you specifically asking us to do? But, Guys, everyone protesting. I'm not talking to black people. Most of the protesters are white, by the way. That's just statistics. I'm asking all you guys, tell me. Tell everyone. What is it that you want people to do? I, I just want like, and again, email me, message me. Come on this show even. If, if, if you've got stuff that you think people can do to, to make Everyone feel more equal and more just, please. Let's hear some real solutions on that. Guys, please send me. 
real solutions. I want to keep discussing this. It's a big topic. I don't doubt all the pain and suffering I'm seeing. I don't doubt the millions of people in the street that say they're in pain and that they're they're suffering. I'm I'm not discounting that. I maybe I do doubt and discount people in power preying on it and perpetuating it. I I do for sure discount that. You know, three months before an election, and all, all they want to show on any news channel is racism. I do doubt why they want to hype people up so badly, for sure. But the actual people, because the reason they're able to prey on these people is because these people that are that are going along with this narrative, they actually are in pain. They actually do live in a system where they may not have the ability to make their life better as easily as other people, but there there's other reasons for that. If you're talking about a cop in Wisconsin shooting somebody in the back, whether justified or not, without even getting into that case. Whose life is that affecting in a real way, other than being sensationalistic? And how can you even take an anecdotal situation like that and use it as any type of analysis for what's a a much realer and larger issue? If you're feeling disenfranchised and you feel like you don't have access to the system, the, the main thing you would need is the access, is the information. If our, if me personally, to answer my own question that I keep throwing at you guys, and socioeconomic issues are across the board, so this doesn't just apply to black people. This applies to all races. Guys, drive through... Western Pennsylvania sometime or Kentucky or West Virginia, you want to see some poor white people in some poor white crime ridden, you know, areas with very high levels of drug abuse and alcoholism and crime and everything else. This is not necessarily a racial thing. People that are disenfranchised and don't have access and don't have education. I just want to quote uh, a statistic here, and this is not meant to offend Anybody in any way. This is from Prager University, Dennis Prager. So if you have an issue with statistic, tell me. Take it up. Take it up with Dennis Prager. This ain't my stat. Okay. Dennis posted this online very recently. This is simple statistic here. 375 million annual U.S. police interactions in the U.S. with U.S. citizens. So every year, 375 million times the police interact with U.S. citizens. In 2019, 999 of those 375 million ended in shooting fatalities. That means of all the police interactions, 0.0003% ended in shooting fatalities. You know, there are justified shootings too. People shoot at cops all the time, what have you. Not getting into that. Okay. 14 of those 999 that ended in shooting fatalities were unarmed black men. So of the 999 shooting fatalities, 14 were unarmed black men, accounting for 0.000004% of the interactions. One of those 14 was not resisting or evading arrest at the time, which accounts for 0.000003%, whatever. Okay. The point being, look, 14 is too many. Uh, One's too many. Okay, it is. 
It is for sure. But is that the issue that's being protested? The 0.0000% of police interactions that are ending in shootings of unarmed black men. That handful that is too many, and I can get into again why even some of the just, you know, they say of the four of the 14, uh, you know, 13 were resisting arrest or whatever. It doesn't mean you have to kill somebody. A lot of those resisting arrests are, like I said, that's a that's a training issue. If you're I don't want to go down that whole path again. I'm actually hoping I have a police officer on here. I want to ask him about some of that stuff. But if it's if it's 14, if it's 20, whatever it is, like I said, one's too many. But is that what's creating the feeling of inequality in so many neighborhoods and cities across the country? If people feel like they don't have a fair shake in our system, is it being created by the 14 people dying every year? I, I, I don't know. I'm asking that question honestly because that's the issue everybody's focusing on. And I've tried to look into this. Guys, I'm telling you, I, I've looked into online. I went to the, the BLM website even. I said, you know, what, what are their demands? And it was a lot more platitude about justice and equality. Okay. The BLM website, by the way, they mentioned things about, they do get into specifics, but it's with universal health care and they have stuff on Israeli-Palestinian relations. What does BLM have to do with Israeli-Palestinian relations? And I wonder which way that leans. And then if you go to donate to BLM, you're donating to Act Blue. Act Blue is the Democratic Party fundraising platform. So are you helping black lives? They're, they're preying on people. These people that are in the streets are in real pain. People wearing the Black Lives Matter shirts and holding up the signs, they're not part of this conspiracy. But you go, wow, these people are in pain. I want to donate to them. And I go to the BLM website and I'm donating to Democrat politicians. That doesn't make any sense. Why doesn't somebody actually help somebody in real life? If you just helped one person, you'd probably do more than if you donated $100,000 to Act Blue to line some politicians' pockets. I, I don't understand why people take one aspect of a real issue, a giant issue. So what would I do? I would invest, if we were going to do anything on a government level, if, if you really had a request and you said, hey, is there a law we can really change that's racist? There's not really racist laws. Any, I mean, I don't know of any racist laws that still exist today. If there are, tell me. I don't know of any racist policies at the government level that exclude one race from participating in anything. So, you know, you can't necessarily legislate those things out. But you could invest in areas that have not had access before. And when we did have real racism in this country, which we did have actual laws and rules that were racist and that were changed before and then during the civil rights movement, people at this point, the main, main things they need, and I did that rant about Kevin Hart and his organization doing this, is the access and the information and the tools 
if you were to go to some of these disenfranchised areas, a place that, you know, hasn't had an influx of investment or, you know, uh, economic opportunity in ever, and you invest in these areas, the thing that makes an area better is when, com- and by the way, companies are not going to invest in an area if it has a high crime rate. That's the, that's the common element along uh, um, almost every single one of these areas that I'm talking about is they have a high crime rate and companies aren't going to want to invest. The government could kind of probably get something started in that regard. Certainly if they were to get the crime rates down in these areas, the investments would come in. But if we were going to have a conversation about the things that we could do at a government level, that would be the conversation I would have which is how do we give these people, how do, A, how do we invest into these areas so that they have the same, and then B, how do we give them information? How do we teach, okay, here's how you use the banking system. Here's how you can invest in the markets. Here's how you can, uh, if, you, if you need a life insurance, if you need to know how to pay your taxes, if you need to have a credit card, if you need to have all types of government ID, whatever it is, if you need it, we're going to have the information for you. That's going to help people 10 trillion times more than showing the one guy that got shot all day, every day for a month as the only worthy news story so that anyone that turns on the TV thinks that we just live in the most racially disharmonious place ever. Look, guys, if you did a poll today and you said, hey, how many people think all races should be equal and all races should have equal opportunity? It'd be a, a 99 to, to one poll and the one, the 1% would be trolling you. Even people that like maybe harbored some weird racism, they wouldn't even say no. They'd be ashamed in today. Listen, if there was a button people could press and go, everyone's equal, we would all press it. You have our attention. We've come along with you. We are, even the conservatives in this country and, and, and the libertarian, we are a very progressive society. We're a very progressive people. We want everyone to be equal. We want equality of opportunity. We don't want to engineer equality of outcome. That's a very dangerous game. We want equality of opportunity for everybody. Guys, you achieved it. You got our attention. We're here. We're willing. We're ready. We would all press that button. We'll all do whatever it is. We got to get into specifics. We got to get into ideas. We got to get into solutions. The goal cannot be the disharmony itself. And, and now that we've all come so far and we're all willing and able, if some asshole in Iowa next week pops off and shoots somebody, don't assume that we all suddenly regressed overnight because some we can't legislate out individual bad behavior. We can't legislate out racism. There's a thousand rapes. Talk about, there's a thousand, not right. There's a thousand sexual assaults every day, every day in this country. Imagine if you went, Hey, a, you can't legislate it out because it's already illegal. B, what if we just put them all in the news every day and when everyone's a rapist, it actually would be a much more accurate assessment. There's way way more sexual assaulters in this country than there are racists. I'm telling you guys, 
we are here. Even the most staunch right-wing conservative agrees with LeBron James that there should be equality for all. They just are frustrated because they're not being given a solution. Where's the bill to vote on to say everyone should be equal? And what would that bill consist of? I was watching, I happened to flip this on yesterday. I was glad I did. James E. Ward Jr. He is the pastor for uh, Blake, the shooting victim, for their family, for their mother. He's the pastor from their church. And he went on the news to give an interview to represent the family. And they asked him about what the legalities of the case, number one, and what should be done in the wake of all these protests. He said what I've been saying. I was shocked. He said, civil law is incapable of legislating the heart. Civil law cannot make people kind or loving or respectful. He said, we are missing the conversations that need to be had. Conversations about compassion, morality, spirituality. He is spot on. He was talking about even assaulting police officers and how, and how that needs to stop. We cannot legislate out racism in the form that it exists in modern society, which is on an individual basis. You simply can't. And we were on a nice trajectory in my assessment. All that, all that racism, for the, and I'm, again, it did exist. But it's all been going down, 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 down. And do conditions today still exist because racism used to exist at another time? Yes. But you cannot look at those conditions and then conclude that it's because racism still exists. Not on the scale that it did at another time in this country. You can't, you can't use, and we don't do that with anything else. We don't take anecdotal evidence and then say, well, that's conclusive of how everybody, and nobody's more frustrated than people who like, wow, <clears throat> I've led a really good and decent life. Friends and family of all races, I've never had a racist thought or said or done anything racist, and now I'm being lumped in. People get frustrated by that. <clears throat> and then on top of which, we're not giving them a solution. We're not saying, hey, look, this is our request. Guys, it's a reasonable request. Just change this policy for us. Because I'm telling you, everyone wants to do it. Everyone wants to do it. So again, if I was going to do anything, I would talk about finding a way to you know, invest, stimulate some of these areas where people feel that they don't have the same equality, give people the information, give people the tools. Beyond that, you're just creating disharmony. You really are. <laughs> just like I was talking about before with the right and all their crazy, you know, sex traffic talk. Like, guys, it's the same, it's the same thing. It's like people, here's the here's actually the real problem. Our brains are not evolved for this. Point blank, period. Humans have been around for 200,000 years, whatever, our modern brains longer than that. If you talk about, you know, our ancestors. Our brains evolved a certain way all that time. And then five minutes ago, we're now 
in possession of these devices where we can display information 24 hours a day, nonstop, staring at these images, our brains, our psyches process that as that as though it's actually happening to us. We're not supposed to be able to do that yet, right? And it's, 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 it takes a much longer time, I should say. It's a much more gradual process for us to evolve to that. So, you know, if our, our lizard brains, when we flip on Twitter and Facebook and CNN and Fox News and they're, and they're plastering these images all day, how many times have you guys seen this guy get shot in the back? No, really? A thousand? So, like, you're going to feel that. You're watching something that you have to interpret as your reality. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be as though this huge problem, if I'm reading about children being kidnapped all day, it, it, it's going to register like, oh my God, kids are being kidnapped all day. But guys, take a breath, do some research, look up the stats on the kids being kidnapped, look up the stats on how many unarmed black people are actually shot every year. Why don't people simply apply logic, pragmatism across the board? Get get the emotion out of it. Realize what's happening to you. <clears throat> Realize the frenzied state that you're being worked into. I'm getting worked up in a frenzied state just talking about it. I would just say that to all the athletes, all the celebrities, all the musicians, the coaches, the politicians, all you guys. A- If you want to get on TV every day and you want to protest every day and you want to say that all of us are racist, tell us what we can do. Give me one specific thing that I can do and that my citizenry can do and that my government can do and that we can all do so that you don't feel less equal if, in fact, you feel that way. That's And then number two, with the sensationalism guys, Deep breaths. Don't use memes as your as your don't use Twitter as your form of news or Facebook. Don't use the regular news either. I don't know where the hell are we supposed to get news from? I think everybody should just like look up statistics and objective info and just like be their own. You gotta be like your own news analyst now. Who do we turn to? Who do we turn to? Who do we trust with the news now? I don't know. Okay. Like I said, it was supposed to be a short episode. I ended up doing, I don't know, 40 minutes. It's going to be a long one. 50, 45. I don't know. It's a long one, guys. I appreciate you all listening. And please email me. All that stuff I asked, email me, message me, whatever. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it. You guys can find me everywhere. John Cat Show. I love and appreciate all of you so much for tuning in, for listening, for watching. Have an amazing Sunday night. Have an amazing work week. Uh, I am lining up some more good interviews. Guys, go back, watch my last couple. I got Lilo Broncado from A Bronx Tale on there. I got Cara Brook from Mascara. I got my brother-in-law, Jay, on there giving financial advice. Check out those episodes, and I will be back in a couple days, and I hope you guys are great. See you soon. Peace. (laughs) 